Now, two Mondays ago, or the Friday before two Mondays ago, I left work and I was a little bit stressed. And Kabazala's like, what's wrong with you? Like, you've just been a little bit tense and edgy. And I said to him, I've got a routine. It's a normal day, actually. It's just a normal day. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Almost swore at you. <laughs> Thank goodness the breaks were on. <laughs> the verbal breaks. Um, and I said to him, I've got a normal routine procedure coming up on the Monday that I knew it was coming up, but of course it was getting closer and closer. And I had the weekend and then the Monday it was going to happen. But my fear was around going under general anesthetic. And I've had to do it three times in my life. And it's one of those things that just freaks me out. The idea of this lack of consciousness over a period of time. I imagine it to be your film, your life film, playing along. There you are, fully aware, in control. And then it just cuts. Like someone literally flipped the switch. And I was telling you about this fear. Like, it's very real to me. Someone just flips the switch, lights out. You don't know what happens in that time, whether it's an hour, five hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. You don't have a clue. Yeah, you can't lying there in all your glory as well. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> story did you go there? There's another aspect to it that's yeah. uncomfortable because you can't manage how you appear, right? Um, so there's that time that's unaccounted for and then light switch back on again. Yeah, and then you come around and like you said, some people come around perfectly normal. Yes. Others cry. Yeah, I was weeping. I was crying and asking for my for my children. (laughs) (laughs) Or they just yeah, they still maybe have the effects of the anesthetic. I don't know, but I love the feeling of going under. You love it? Yeah, I do. Look, I haven't been any major operations like heart surgery or anything like that. That must be frightening. But Mm. the normal stuff. When they put you under and you, and you, you know, the, the, you can feel it going in your body and they say, okay, count backwards from 10. And you're like, I'm going to do it. No, yeah, I'm going to get then, to one. Yeah. I'm going to get to one. And then you, before you know it, you're gone. And it's the most beautiful feeling just going under. I love it. No ways. And how do you feel waking up? I'm actually okay. Besides the, some of the pain. Yeah. And pushing that morphine, morphine, morphine. Yeah. Which is another great feeling. She's a malacatrachalic. But anyway, uh, yeah, I wake up and I feel perfectly fine. No, I still struggle to reconcile the idea of anesthesia or anesthetic. I struggle to, to just make sense of it. You yeah. know, it's still one of those things that I feel too out of. Maybe I'm a control freak. You know, perhaps. Yeah. And then the reaction that you have even coming out. So I thought after a while, like, why was I crying? Yeah. There's no reason to cry. I don't have a dream. I didn't have a bad, uh, whatever, lack of consciousness while going under. And then those stories that I don't think they're very common, but those stories where you are under, but you're actually awake and you can feel and you can hear yes. what's going on. Yes. You know, that would be very, very oh, terrifying. You see? You see? Yeah. Oh, right. Um, so we'll take your calls in this conversation. And I remember having to sign that document, that release form to the anesthetist that they required, that there are serious risks and that you are made aware of them. Strokes, fatality, blah, blah, blah. So maybe I'm just an anxious uh, uh, type of person, but it certainly does always fills me with anxiety having to go under general anesthetic. So what's been your experience? Do you share this concern uh, when it comes or this discomfort when it comes to general anesthetic? And uh, uh, of course it has to be, if you're in the right kind of hands, it helps for you to be confident um, in uh, the, the the medical practitioner uh, to come out safely on the other side. But it doesn't take away all the questions. 
you know, all the uh, all the things that we imagine while we're under general anesthetic. So we'll take your calls. 011-8830702. What happened to you going under general anesthetic? How did you find it? How did you come out at the end? Zero uh, and 31702. And we're joined by pediatric and cardiac anesthetist at Chris Honey Baragwanath Academic Hospital. That's Dr. Longwani Gutuka. Good afternoon. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Asanya. Now, I hope that uh, I didn't misrepresent or didn't put the fear of general (laughs) anesthetic into our listeners and future patients. But it is one of those interesting medical developments. Um, Anesthesia, you'll you'll be happy to know that your anesthetist is probably more of a control freak than you are. Oh, good. Um, And even more obsessive compulsive than you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Paying attention to all sorts of details to ensure that you have your anesthetic and your procedure and come out exactly the way you were after the procedure as far as possible. It's like a marriage. There's this uh, misconception in the general public that um, I, as an anesthetist, walk into the theater, inject a little something into you and then walk away and go and watch a movie or something. And leave the other specialist to do whatever exactly. you're there for. This yeah. is a complete uh, urban legend. That is not, not what happens. It's like a marriage, a good, healthy marriage, where um, as soon as I interview you for your anesthetic and administer that anesthetic to you, mm. I am attached to you until you're awake and I'm comfortable that you are in the state that you were as close as possible anyway mm. before your operation. Right. Um, and I just love the description that an anesthetized patient can be thought of as being in, in a controlled, reversible state of unconsciousness. Maybe, yeah, maybe my imagination is a little bit too wild, but just being able to control and reverse someone's state of consciousness, it, it, it's just, it just baffles the mind. How is this done? What happens in the brain? Okay, so in terms of actually giving you um, an anesthetic, it depends on whether you're an adult or a child. Mm-hmm. Um, children generally will give gases to where we um, place a mask in front of their face and give them a gas called sevoflurane generally, which they breathe in and out, and this um, then inhibits signals in their brain, basically. Mm-hmm. So if I put it simply... Um, the drugs that we give, whether by gas or intravenously, block the signals between your body and your brain. So your, body, your, your, your brain is not conscious of the existence of your body in a way. Mm. And we give different types of drugs. It's not just sleep that we control. Um, we, we, we talk about the anesthesia triad, amnesia, being um, unable to remember the procedure. Um, analgesia, which speaks to um, blocking pain, and then muscle relaxation, where even though you're sleeping, um, when we handle muscles, they may twitch, for instance, which will disturb the surgeon. So we paralyze the patient um, in order to may help the surgeon to have the best view to perform the best surgery. Right. And is that why you are instructed not to eat anything? Because once those muscles are relaxed, I imagine the stomach content might start to flow the other way and into the lungs and so on. Or is this a wild imagination again? No, 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 not at all. So um, the reason we ask you not to eat is is, is precisely that, that uh, 
eating within six hours of a procedure um, renders your stomach full. Mm. Um, If you then within that time have a general anesthetic, there is a risk of the contents of your stomach um, regurgitating and then you inhaling them into your lungs, which would then um, put you at risk for a severe pneumonia, which can be life-threatening. Right. So it's very important not to lie to your um, medical carers mm. regarding your fasting status because it influences um, the type of anesthetic. There are times, for instance, where you need an emergency procedure and in spite of you not being fasted, we may have to go ahead and give you a general anesthetic. In that case, we try and give you the safest anesthetic possible mm-hmm. um, in spite of that. Oh, so you wouldn't empty the contents of the stomach? Not necessarily. There are scenarios where we do, um, but not routinely, no. Okay. Well, we've got calls and SMSs and tweets on this question. What was your experience with the general anesthetic, particularly the different types, which we'll be exploring in a short while, depending on the procedure? I was just sharing a moment ago that I woke up in tears, just crying. And the nurses were, uh, when I finally came to my proper senses, were saying, who are these? Who is Tatenda and Shamiso? This is, you were crying, asking for them. Um, something that I had no control over and I was just shocked. So how did you react to it? Janine, good afternoon. You're calling from uh, Rustenburg. Hi, Zonia. I'm actually on my way back from Rustenburg. Ah. When I heard the conversation, I just had to also share with you, you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. I am petrified of theatres and anaesthetics. And the irony is I'm actually an anaesthetic rep. So um, I work for one of the pharmaceutical companies. You're a rep. So... Just to give you an example, I had to give birth last year mm. and I was so petrified. I just said, I'm going to have an actual birth and I won't have any anesthetic. So thanks, thanks for it. Um, I could, I managed to. To deliver without the use of the local anesthetic. Yeah, so thank goodness. Um, all my doctors that I call on thought I was completely crazy. <laughs> but um, I don't know where this fear comes from. I mean, I've never ever had a procedure. I've had no one in my family or someone die from mm. something going wrong. But I also, I see your fear and you are not. Oh, that's so, reassuring. Janine, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Drive safely. Janine on the road coming back from Rustenburg. Um, and she mentions giving birth. Um, is an epidural part of the spectrum of types of anesthetic? Um, yes, it is. Um, I like to think of anesthesia as a, as a spectrum. Uh, as light as just local anesthetic that you get right down to the general anesthetic. In terms of the local anesthetics, they can be administered in different ways. And for birth in particular, mm. um, we have what we call a spinal anesthetic, where we give a single shot injection into the fluid surrounding the spinal cord mm-hmm. um, compared to an epidural where we place something like a drip, not, not a drip, but similar to a drip in concept, um, into the epidural space around the spinal cord, which then allows us to infuse medication continuously because obviously one doesn't know exactly when labor will end mm-hmm. um, if a patient is laboring naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's a requirement for a, a cesarean section, one could even use that same placed epidural um, to, to conduct the anesthetic. Right. So, yeah, epidural okay. is definitely an option for anesthesia. 
Let's go to Nelson next. Oh, we've lost Nelson. We'll get him back. And then uh, Tony and Honeydew, your experience. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon, Zania. Good afternoon, Dr. Hi. Um, okay. uh, a couple of years ago, I had uh, a, a surgical procedure. Mm. And shortly after that, I experienced, after being discharged, I, I experienced uh, a serious lameness in my limbs. And like most of us, I went online and I researched uh, the anesthetic use, mm-hmm. propofol. Um, and there was a comment on, 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 on Google uh, that between using one anesthetic and propofol, or between, between propofol and another anesthetic, uh, the anesthetist should have flushed the IV with uh, saline. Um, failing which it could cause this lameness. Oh. Um, am I, was I misinformed? Okay. Um, Did you or, not go back to the uh, anaesthetist when you, when you looked for help to regain your full, full limb mobility? Uh, Tony, the line isn't yeah. clear. Longani, do you have thoughts on that? Um, Azania, it would be, uh, be prudent for me to actually understand the entire context of yes. You know, what procedure, what surgical procedure did he have? What type of anesthesia did, did he have? Because mm-hmm. we often combine techniques. Um, patient may have had, Tony may have had a general anesthetic along with a regional or a local anesthetic of some sort. So it's difficult to answer that question not knowing the entire context. Propofol, though, is a very safe drug mm-hmm. in the hands of a trained um, anesthetist. Uh, so, yeah, I would I would really have to understand yes. the entire context uh, and I wouldn't blame Propofol, per se, for the problem. All right, that's fair. Tony, sorry about that. Uh, Sylvia in Kempton Park, what was your experience? Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. You know what, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. I feel like, after the explanation, now I get it, I just felt like I'm going to die for a couple of hours. You're good at dying. <laughs> <laughs> and then waking up from the dead because... You don't remember anything. Yeah. And I don't cry. I just wake up super hungry. Oh, I see. Yes, because you were like, fasting before that, six yes, hours before the procedure. When I wake up, everybody just looks like a piece of steak. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia, thank you. It's terrible. It's terrible. I just want to eat all the way. Yes. But I just feel like I fear it. Every time I'm, 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 I'm supposed to, I've been through three of them to, I hear you. That's how I was saying. Sometimes it's a product of a wild imagination, this fear yeah. that we have, even though we haven't had adverse experiences. Thank you for your call, <laughs> Sylvia. Thank you. Thank you. Um, may I interject here? Yes, I just want someone. to reassure the public that um, as an anesthetist, anesthesiologist, mm. so there's a difference between an anesthetist, uh, we have um, diploma-trained anesthetists, and we have anesthesiologists. Both groups are trained intensely to become, uh, to, to administer anesthetics. Yeah. Um, as a specialist, I have trained for close on 13 years in mm. order to be able to safely give you your anesthetic. Um, when you're going for a procedure, um, you can have access to your anesthetist prior to the procedure through your surgeon. Mm-hmm. Ask your surgeon who will be giving the anesthetic for you, and you can phone the anesthetist and allay all your fears regarding the anesthetic procedure, and I'd encourage our patients to do that. That's great and advice, Longwane. 
Yes, and in addition to that, I'm part of the South African Society of Anesthesiologists mm. um, at www.sasaweb.com. Mm. And there's a patient corner there that gives a wealth of information to patients um, who are about to undergo um, uh, any surgical procedure requiring anesthesia. Fantastic. We'll get those details at the end of the show. Uh, but let's take a break. My guest is Dr. Shongwani Kutuga, pediatric and cardiac anesthetist at Chris Honey Baragwanath Academic Hospital. Hey, good afternoon, Azania. I think the doctor there is uh, speaking very kindly and is being a good ambassador for the profession of the doctors who make us sleep. Because with these doctors, my experience is that you only see them before the procedure. And once the, uh, you know, whatever they are doing, the operation is over, you never get, to, you never get to, to meet or to see them or get feedback from them again, ever again. So, yeah, well, um, there are still a lot of um, fears that are associated with this and I also have a lot of questions but my quick question would be uh, what what happens when something goes wrong where I'm talking about instances where someone you know gets brain damaged as a result of the procedure I'll listen to the radio thank you right thank you for that voice note uh, Dr. Shongwani let's take a call from Chantal as well before we wrap up hi Chantal hi how are you good how are you I'm fine thank you mm-hmm. I I got an interesting one. My dad uh, went for a prostate uh, biopsy procedure yeah. and he was aware during the operation, but not necessarily that he could feel anything. He described to us in detail what happened. Wow. And we were so shocked. We said to him, Dad, but why didn't you say something? And he's, he's like one of these guys that never really gets sick. He's, I think this is the first like real operation he's ever had in his life. Mm. So he thought it was normal. Sure. So, Dr. Tlungwani, when someone is conscious right through? Um, Azania, there's certain types of surgical procedures which are, in which uh, awareness is, is more common. That's your cardiac anesthetic, obstetrics, anesthetic, or, or delivering, where, you, where you're having a, a, a delivery of a baby under general anesthesia mm-hmm. and trauma anesthetics. And these are situations where we can't administer the full dose of anesthetic, as it were, to ah. the patient because their physiology can't support it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 this is usually discussed with the patient prior to the procedure, if it's possible, mm-hmm. um, to, have, to have that discussion. But the anesthetist is present with the patient throughout the procedure in order to look for signs of awareness um, and deal with it should it happen um, during the procedure. Wow. Just those uh, that website again where there is a patient corner where we can go for the, the, the question and answers around procedures and anesthetic. Sure, sure. Most importantly, Azani, I'd encourage patients to always ask your surgeon to let you know who the anesthesiologist is mm-hmm. and speak to the anesthesiologist prior to your procedure to allay your fears. But failing that, just www.sasaweb, that's S-A-S-A-W-E-B, Com, okay. And that's the South African Society of Anesthesiologists, of which 95% of specialists are members. Um, and that there's a patient corner there, which is quite informative. Oh, you've been fantastic. Thank you for your help today. It's a pleasure. That's Dr. Tlongwani Kutuga, pediatric and cardiac anesthetist at Chris Honey Baragwanath.